and welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. So last week, we discussed some recommended steps to ensure your organization is actively engaging in diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And I hope you found that episode fruitful. And I hope that it at least started the conversation with either colleagues or started the conversation with your manager or your executive director about, hey, so I think we do okay, but I think we can do better. Or if you are an executive director, I hope it gave you some food for thought. Like, hmm, I think we need to do an audit. So... Yeah, because again, no nonprofit is a perfect nonprofit. And I will be the first to say that we are not perfect and we are constantly getting better. There are some things that we do absolutely awesome at, but there are still some things that we are still learning because nothing's perfect. Nothing and no one is perfect. As a genuine human service professional, social worker, or human service agency or organization, embracing DEI work, it is imperative. Avoiding it due to its complexity or fear or uncertainty, it's just downright unacceptable. Like, don't be scared. (laughs) In a previous episode, I provided some starting points, hopefully to encourage you and your entire organization from the board of directors down to the lovely person who keeps your office clean to elevate yourselves to do the necessary work. You know, ignoring this, you are doing yourself a disservice. You are doing yourself, your organization, your staff, and even more importantly, your clients, even your funding, you're doing all of it a disservice. If you need help determining where to begin, you know, listen to the previous episode and contact me. My information is in the show notes or you can find me on Instagram because that's my jam. And I would love to support you and your organization in this critical work because I think it's so important. Like we cannot hide from this work because we don't want to sit in uncomfortable feelings, or we don't want to ruffle feathers. I love to ruffle feathers. Let's ruffle them because this is the stuff that we need to be talking about. Establishing accountability and developing a solid plan is crucial to initiate a significant change process when doing DEI work. Proper implementation and integration of DEI work can positively impact the organizational culture and reflect how the community and clients perceive the organization. You know, however, this transformation requires time and effort. And trust me, chow, time is something that sometimes us as nonprofit organizations, we do not have. Because a lot of times we are doing a lot of that stuff that's on the last line of your job description, other duties as a sign. (laughs) So I get it. Sometimes we don't have the time. But I promise you, you want to make time for this because if you don't make time for this, avoiding this could be detrimental to your organization. So let's assume you've conducted a DEI audit. Let's assume you listened to last week's episode and it's like 
two, three months down the line. We're in the future. And now your DEI audit, it's complete. And let's be honest, again, there is no perfect organization. So work needs to be done. So what's next? This is what's next. So if you want to take some notes, grab an ink pen, grab your journal, grab a notebook. So these are some steps that you will take next. I am not just saying this because I am a consultant and I am always available to supporting nonprofits and human service professionals to support them on their journeys to becoming better change agents and better organizations. But I truly believe that in order to do some aspects of change work, you do need an outside consultant because Using someone inside of your organization, sometimes boundaries get blurred. And I believe in using a consultant who is someone who is an expert in what they do. They are skilled in knowing how to come in with their blinders on to handle the job at hand. Just want to put that out there. Not saying that, you know, organizations can't do all of this on their own. Because if you can and can do it effectively, then that is beautiful. It is cost effective. The flip side to that is I am always concerned about the boundaries. I am always concerned about it being done, everything being done internally because you are intimately involved with the people within the organization. So I always encourage to hire a consultant and talk to your consultant about your budget constraints. You know, us as consultants, we are people. Yes, we have our businesses. Yes, we have expenses, but we are people. Talk to us about what is going on as far as your budget constraints and we can work it out. So, so this is what comes next after you've done the audit. So you've effectively done the DEI audit. So hopefully you you listened to last week's episode and you decided, you know what? Might be some things we need to work on. So let me go ahead and look in these show notes or let me head on over to Instagram and look for Dr. Sherry and let me get in these show notes and let me shoot her an email because I think we need to do a DEI audit. The DEI audit is now complete, and now there's some work that needs to be done. Might be a little work, might be a lot of work. Nonetheless, there is some work that needs to be done. And that's not a right or wrong. That's why, you know, I really want to stress that. We are not perfect people. We all have our stuff. We are, as nonprofit organizations, we are trying our best to do so much for so many, sometimes with so little every single day. So this is not a judgment. So if there is something that comes up in the DEI audit, that's not a bad thing. If nothing comes up at all, I might look at you with the side eye. How is that possible? But I digress. So you've completed your audit. This is what comes next. Okay. So the executive director, the consultant, board chair, executive committee, or the board of directors, 
whoever the executive director or whoever the consultant has maybe recommended to the executive director who should be a part of this conversation. You come together to examine the results of the DEI audit, focusing on both the strengths and opportunities for improvement. I personally and professionally, I do not believe in weaknesses. You know, I believe that there are areas for improvement. Weaknesses is such a, it's an ugly word for me. You know, there are areas for improvement. So you focus on the strengths and the opportunities for improvement. You look at, okay, this is what we're doing well. Okay. Cause you, cause this is the thing. You want to celebrate what you are doing well. You got to celebrate you along this process because there will be some heavy moments along the way. So you want to make sure you are celebrating those strengths. If you're one of your strengths are your inclusive hiring practices, let's celebrate that. If you are an organization who has representation of your staff demographic that meets that of your client demographic, celebrate that because there are going to be some steps along the way that are going to be heavy as hell for the organization. So you want to have balance. So strengths and opportunities. Then once the audit results have been reviewed by all of those that need to be reviewed, now it's time to create an action plan based on those findings. Remember, you don't want to deviate. You don't want to muddy the waters. I believe it's important to stay focused because you will have plenty of time to kind of look at, okay, then we can do this. We can do that. We can do this. We can do that. Right now, we are just focusing on the findings of the DEI audit. So once you Went over the audit findings. Now it's time for a plan of action. The plan should be based, again, solely on the results of the audit. And we need to include the steps to address the opportunities for improvement. Okay? The action plan must have measurable goals, a timeline for implementation, maybe some KPIs, which are key performance indicators, and should be identified with measurable progress. I personally, in my consulting business, I like using Gantt charts and mind maps when doing audits because it allows me and my client to see the progression of everything, to see who's responsible for everything, to see timelines. I I just, I love, I love to see it. I love for my clients to see it because it also helps them to see how my mind works and my thinking. And we can edit it. It it also allows you for the Gantt chart to see how one thing feeds into another. And also, I'm very much a visual and hands-on person. So the Gantt chart, it's perfect for me. And also, my clients seem to enjoy it also. After conducting the DEI audit, the executive director should communicate the results and the action plan to staff, the full board of director, if the full board was not involved in examining the audit in the beginning, the audit results in the beginning, and any stakeholders that might be involved. Transparency is important. So you want to highlight the organization's commitment 
to this project and to the DEI work. To further support the commitment, the executive director can establish a task force or a committee dedicated to the DEI initiative. And this could involve staff and maybe even client volunteers. So for me, I recommend this to all of my consulting clients, whether I am taking on a consulting client to help them establish a nonprofit organization or whether I am going into an existing nonprofit organization and we are, you know, working on some areas of concern within the organization. Hey, have you bothered to reach out to any graduating clients, any clients who have graduated from the program? Have you looked at your client satisfaction surveys? Have you gotten any client feedback? I always recommend clients, specifically those clients who have been out of care for a while, to be a part of, you know, just different organizational decision making, whether it's a board seat, Or in this case, participating in a DEI task force, because who better to show up and discuss and maybe give suggestions than someone who has received your services at one point in time? Now, this can vary from population to population, but, you know, some nonprofits, depending on their target population, it might not be appropriate, but I think that it's important to have client representation. And if you can't have client representation, or if you choose not to have client representation, then maybe a client survey. Regardless, I think client representation is extremely important if you are going to put a DEI task force together. Okay, so you have your staff involvement maybe your client volunteer involvement on the task force to create and implement the policies and practices that are related to DEI. And this will include the training and education programs because it will be great to get their feedback and their experience on, well, when I was a client, you know, this is how I felt. So it might be beneficial if staff were trained in this. So I think it's really important. And all of us have, I'm pretty sure all of us kind of have in mind that one client who we think, you know, this, this person might be really good as client representative on a board. Well, this person might be really good as client representative to do this. So I think client representation, it's really important. So after that, you can start to strategically and safely implement the changes. So your task force is going to start to do some of the work. Once your task force has been implemented, this is when the work is going to start to get going. While doing the work, you want to ensure that you are strategically and safely implementing changes. As the executive director, it is essential to collaborate with the organizational staff and stakeholders to implement the action plan. Providing sufficient resources and support is crucial. You need to invest in DEI training and education for staff, for your volunteers, and for your board members. You know, this can look like workshops or seminars, maybe some coach training sessions, 
but you want to make sure that you are concentrating on folks comprehending and addressing their biases, creating cultural competency, and ensuring that you are devising approaches to encourage equity and inclusion. Because see, the DEI audit is going to be meaningless if there is not going to be any work that involves everyone. This is an organizational culture shift for everyone. So there needs to be work that is going to be done across the board. During this process, you want to monitor the progress. It is vital to oversee the progress towards the goals that have been set in the action plan because you might have to make the necessary adjustments along the way. And that's one of the reasons why I really like to use the Gantt chart. It is also essential to conduct regular check-ins and evaluations to ensure that the organization is progressing toward achieving greater diversity, greater equity, and greater inclusion. This will include continuing communication. You have to continue the communication on the importance of DEI and emphasizing the role that it plays in achieving the nonprofit's mission, vision, and values. This is not one and done. This is how you need to function moving forward throughout the rest of your time as a nonprofit organization. I highly recommend that this work be done simultaneously. And I highly recommend that this be done with the consultant, with training, and supervision or coaching for everyone. And here is why. Because this work is so hard. And there will be folks that will resist. You will get some resistance. Oh my goodness, you are going to get some hard core resistance. And this will show up in different ways. I think we're going to do an episode on resistance. So stick around for that. You will get some resistance. And we'll, and in that episode, we're going to talk about why you're going to get the resistance but you will get the resistance. So that's one of the reasons why I highly recommend that there is a consultant, someone who is not intimately involved into the life of the organization, that there is training going on and there is supervision or coaching going on for everyone involved, including the executive director. You know, there is going to be some stuff that is going to come up like unconscious and conscious bias, you know, implicit bias, covert racism, and maybe even some overt racism. And for these reasons, this is why I recommend a consultant and some training, some follow-up, some supervision or coaching. All of those things should be involved when you are implementing this work. And guess what? Lots and lots and lots of self-care. Your DEI work, it could be a lot or it could be a little bit. But regardless, it got to be. (laughs) You have to be doing it. It is necessary for the life 
and the sustainability and the efficacy of your organization. It's so important. So that was good stuff today, friends. A little short episode today, but some good stuff. So until next week, radical self-care is health care and kindness is free. So be kind to someone today. I love you so much for listening. Until next time, be good to yourself and others. Bye.